Rob Fain for Jill. Remember the fire season, how it started so, so early in Alberta before it even made its way to British Columbia? Well, you know what? This is a time where everybody's finally had an opportunity to take a deep breath, collect their thoughts, and then hopefully get ready for what is obviously going to be a tough 2024 campaign as well when it comes to fighting fires across this country. But you know what? We need to give our firefighters support. I think that's a given, and I don't know if we give them enough, and I don't know if that thought will be echoed, but I would assume that it would, by Ken McMullen, who is the president of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs and Fire Chief of Red Deer, Alberta, who's kind enough to join me this afternoon. Ken, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, and you know what? This is going to be a real easy interview for me because I can tell you this. I am a huge supporter of the firefighters across this country, and I know that they need support, and I know that they need a commitment. So what are you asking for from the feds? Well, thank you so much. We do value and appreciate your support, and uh, it does not go fall on on, uh, deaf ears. We are here in Ottawa this week where we are uh, spending the next two days meeting with members of the federal government to really sound the alarm. And and it's one of those cases where, as chiefs, we very seldom are the ones that pull the alarm. But in this case, uh, we have done uh, our third survey, and this is called the 2023 Great Canadian Survey, where we had uh, input from 534 individuals across 3,200 fire departments. And the data is quite staggering. And as you indicated in your introduction, uh, not only did we have issues in the fire season of 2023, uh, but we are very, very concerned about what the fire season of 2024 might be bringing upon us. Well, Ken, I know just this past week here in Vancouver, we were all, uh, you know, applauding the first ever e-truck that came out, the electric fire truck, and that's all fine and dandy, and that's great PR. But, you know, looking at the census here, I was blown away. 24% uh, 24 of the departments are operating with primary turnout gear that is 10 years old or older. Six out of 10 departments are still using pumper fire trucks that are 15 years older, and all of this exceeds industry standards and best practices. We need some help. We need some help. Uh, you, I could not have said it differently or better. And uh, like I said, we are at times our own worst enemies. Firefighters will continue to go to calls. They will go to calls in your community and mine uh, at a drop of a hat and, and continue to deliver the services in the best way that they can possibly do so. We're not giving them the tools. We're not giving them the right tools to most effectively do their jobs. And when you talk about that equipment outside of its recommended service uh, lifespan, we're putting ourselves and you as a community at risk if we are not addressing the need for new modern equipment to be put into all communities across this country. You know, Ken, the other thing that I, and this is something we've talked about in the BC Ferry sector, we talk about it in the health sector, and I, I want to bring light on this as well because 30% of Canada's firefighters are 50 or older, and you got to think retirement, and how can you get the next generation interested in being a firefighter? Do you find that to be a challenge right now? It's absolutely a challenge. Let me give you a really, uh, it's a pretty gross uh, statistic here, but I'll I'll spell it out for you simply. Less than 2% of the human population see, hear, or smell that what a first responder hears, sees, and smells. And just put that into perspective for a minute. When we talk about the impact of what it means to be a first responder in this country, 98% of the general population have no idea what it is we're talking about when we say we had a bad day. We have individuals uh, that are sticking in the service uh, well beyond their own mental ability to do so, Uh, but they're doing it because somebody needs to respond to that call. We are are aging out uh, at at the one end of our uh, industry, 
There are some municipalities that their insurance policies will not allow people to be frontline firefighters uh, over the age of 60, yet we are struggling at the other end to attract individuals early enough to be uh, willing and wanting to be a uh, firefighter in this country based on uh, the, the risk that they face every single day. So we talk about outdated equipment. We talk about the desire. I want to get into the numbers as well. We'll talk about some of the tax breaks that maybe we can do to incentivize this job. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, Ken, one thing I want to talk to you about, I didn't realize that this has been taken off the table, the Joint Emergency Preparedness Program that helps replenish the supply of equipment from fire trucks and radio communication, all the gear. I didn't know that that was something that even needed to be reinstated. And I think a lot of our listeners wouldn't realize that we're still in need of that as well. Yeah, so the the program that you refer to, we we in the fire service commonly refer to it as the JEP funding or the Joint Emergency Preparedness Program, was in existence up until 2013. And in 2013, it was indicated that it had met its objectives. The problem was it hadn't. Um, we realized very quickly as soon as uh, 2014 occurred that we needed to reinvest in that program, but it just hasn't happened yet. Some might suggest that the fire season of 2023 was somewhat unpredictable or caught us off guard or by surprise. Whether you believe in that or not, the fact of the matter is the fire season of 2024 will not catch us by surprise. We need to be prepared. We need to understand that what we saw in 23 will likely happen again in 24, and we need to be prepared for that. I circle that back to the JEP funding because the JEP funding allowed municipalities to apply for funding for specialty training and specialty equipment. When you think about the amount of uh, effort uh, utilized in the wildfires this past summer, that is not what we say is our typical response for a municipal firefighter. We don't have the equipment and the training necessary to be wildland firefighters, yet the situations that we're facing across Canada is more of our municipal firefighters are there helping our colleagues in wildfire. Ken, if you in Ottawa don't get absolutely everything that you want this week, you call me back and I will give you this platform as often as you want to bang the drum because I think it is absolutely imperative that you guys get the support, especially from the federal government. I really do. So, Ken, keep up the good work. Thank you for everything that you and all your firefighters do. And please let us know how we can help in the future. Your support is, uh, is extremely appreciated and valued. Thank you to you and your listeners uh, for everything that you do in your own communities, uh, and we will be in touch, there's no doubt.